listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. We've got the band back together after a two-week... It's been, what, about two weeks since we recorded last, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while, Bob. Good to be back, man. Good to talk to you again. Ready to... Do some blind resumes. These are always so much fun. Yeah. And, I mean, the thing that I think I, I like the most about them is uh, you see the stat lines, and you're like, okay, that's been a pretty impressive stat line. But I'm always surprised when I hear the player's name because I've always – I usually am like, I think I thought it would be better than that or I think it should be higher or something like that. I mean, it's just one of those things where I think you have – just like a opinion of somebody just off the, the name and the hype that comes along with them. But when you go like a deep dive in the actual like uh, stats and stuff, there's a lot of people who are actually a lot closer than you would think they would be. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it much better myself. And I threw up uh, one on Twitter just to say, who would you rather have between these two? So that's sort of the format we're going to take is we'll give uh, two players at each position. Dan's taking NFC. I'm Mm -hmm. taking AFC. Uh, We'll give those to him. We'll try and guess them. And before we actually give the names of the players, who would you rather take between the two? And then we'll see if that changes once you actually put a name to it. Because I think that, you know, so the one I put out was... um, it was actually Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Yeah. And the reason I put it out there was it depending on where you listen, a lot of people are saying they'd rather take Diggs before Thielen. But when you put oh, just the blind man. stats out first, it was like a 90-10 split and it went right. to Thielen. Yeah. Um and it, yeah, I mean it as much upside as Diggs seemingly has Thielen has been out producing him pretty much for the last three seasons so it was just a good litmus test to sort of give uh, some flavor as to what we're doing on this specific episode uh, but I left it blind and I had some good guess I had one guy guess uh, Cooks and Woods I thought that was a pretty good guess yeah 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 um, but you know some people nailed it pretty early on and I just kept asking the question does that change your mind now that you know who it is and uh, I think a lot of people held it... true on Thielen but um, you know I'm, I'm curious because a lot of people People out there really like digs more than Thielen, so yeah. And I think it that a lot of people um, do change their opinion when they hear the name. You know what I mean? Like you see the stats, and you're going purely off the numbers. Obviously, you're gonna be like you're gonna take the ones that you perceive as better. So whether it's more receptions or more uh, touchdowns or yardage or something like that. I mean, whatever you kind of see as your kind of main baseline stat, what you want to see in terms of what your return is going to be on that player. Uh, when you look at just the numbers, it's easy to say, okay, I like that better than that. But then when you throw the name in, you get the reputation. The other thing is, is that you get an idea of the other players that are surrounding them, which I also think has a big opinion on uh, your opinion of that particular player. Yeah, so once again, I, I think this is probably my favorite like off-season type of episode that we do, um, just to sort of pulse check on where we're at with certain players. And then this will be really good because this will be one where we're you know sort of aiming it towards where we might draft these players after we start yeah. discussing them. So yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good break uh, outside of what we've been doing here with especially with the deep dives and things of that nature, and then the draft analysis. So. I think this is a good time for this type, especially now that you know, the rookies are drafted. Now people are starting to mock draft, um, sort of have a flavor of where people are going. So we'll see if it changes as we discuss uh, the stats and the players. But um, and you've already been doing a couple of mocks there, my man, and you actually have been uh, engaging in a little dynasty draft action yourself as well. Yeah, right now I'm currently in a 12-team dynasty startup. 40 round draft and it's uh it's actually picking up steam it was slow to start but we're on the 12th round so i think as this gets further and we get into the dynasty discussion i could use this sort of as a litmus test as to you know startups whereas our draft that we do is rookies only so since we've already been in it so we i think we'll have a good point of view when we finally get into dynasty that we can lean off of yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I think now that as kind of the camps are starting to kind of uh, get rolling, voluntary workouts are starting. You know, rookies have already been drafted. I think now it's it's a, it's not a bad time to even start doing a dynasty draft, or at least your dynasty draft prep. But the, but the other thing is, is like there's still so many like weird variables in play. 
for example, Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin, like people were essentially saying, oh, well, he's probably done. He's probably done. He might not be done, but we're not sure. And, and now he's officially done. Uh, and, and now that that kind of impacts the value of every single receiver on that team. And uh, I think it upticks the receivers. And then maybe in your opinion, Bob, does it downtick Russi uh, a little bit in terms of his value? Or, or do you think it's not really going to matter uh, in terms of who's catching the ball from um, the Russ bus? You know what, Dan? And that's a great question because that's and we didn't discuss this, but that was going to be the news that I covered was the fact that the Seahawks have released Doug Baldwin, which pretty much signifies that he knows he's done. Yeah. Um, you know what? I thought about this, and it's funny because, like, maybe a couple hours before um, that news broke uh, in the dynasty draft, I'd made a trade to sort of trade down um, and accumulate some picks. Yeah. And in the back end of the fifth round, I pick five eleven. I took Tyler Lockett, and I'm glad I did before the news broke because I think he would have been picked immediately, especially in a dynasty draft. Um, yeah. And he's sitting there as my third wide receiver now. As far as um, Russ goes, even though Doug Baldwin did put up 50 for 618 and five touchdowns, it seemed like a shell of himself. Um, well, obviously. I mean, obviously the injuries played a, f- a factor. But Russell Wilson was so efficient, and he really got a lot of people involved, even though Tyler Lockett was the main beneficiary. I still think Russell Wilson's a quarterback one, but it might not be, you know, that mid to upper. It might be mid to, you know, back end QB one, yeah. but yeah. he's so darn efficient and effective and he doesn't throw interceptions. He doesn't turn it over. If he upticks his rushing output because he really didn't have any last year, I still think he's one of the safer guys that if you wait on quarterbacks and he just falls in your lap, I still think you've got a solid quarterback one, but he may not have that supreme upside like he did a few years back but what are your thoughts on uh, Russell Wilson I, I, I honestly will say I, I don't think it impacts his value to me at all uh, because uh, let's let's be honest here I mean whenever you're thinking in terms of top tier wide receivers right. in terms of fantasy football output uh, Doug Baldwin doesn't usually come into the mix until you're talking about someone who's probably in that second tier. Right. Uh, and it's maybe even, in some people's opinion, the back half of that second tier. Um, and, and he's been his main target almost his entire time there. Uh, it, he's He's been the best receiver there. And then you look at the numbers that Russell Wilson's been putting up. Um, so I don't think it really matters who the receivers are because I think that Russell Wilson is one of those players uh, who makes everybody better and kind of finds a way to win and finds a way to get the numbers, uh, whether it's through the air or, or with his legs. Uh, I mean, he's one of those dynamic kind of dual threat quarterbacks and a throwback dual threat quarterback doesn't necessarily run as much as he used to, but I still think it's the talent is there. Um so I, I don't think it impacts him at all, uh, but I am excited now that Tyler Lockett is potentially going to be the wide receiver one and the main threat in the offense, and at least through the air. And what an opportunity now for DK Metcalf. I mean, are, are you kidding me? Like him, him, like he was some one of those guys that you and I both had. Um, you know, we're going to throw this out there, and I'm sure whoever in our dynasty league, if they're listening, is going to use it against us at some point. But we're he was one of those him. guys <laughs> that you and I were like, we love this guy. I mean, I mean, there was so much hype about him coming out of the out of the draft, and I mean, then he fell all those spots and stuff like that, and. I mean, and then the Doug Baldwin Doug, news creeps yeah. up on it. Yeah. I mean, could he have landed in a better spot? I mean, for a guy who has a chip on his shoulder because he fell out of the first round, didn't land where he thought he would, had a spectacular training um, rookie camp combine and stuff like that, only to be kind of falling. Uh, this is someone, this is a guy who has something to prove with an elite quarterback in an offense that doesn't necessarily need to rely on the passing game, um, which I think. Ha- you know, helps him because there's not a lot of pressure on him. Right. I mean, he can kind of just go out there and play because we know that uh, from what we saw last season, this is a team that runs the ball. Right. Um, but it's also a team that runs the ball because of that, has an opportunity to set up play action for big, big plays down the field. Uh, and also will have things open up over the middle where I think Lockett and Metcalf can kind of get something going. So I'm actually really excited about the Seahawks offense. Um, 
as you know, I, I am a Chris Carson truther. I, I'm a big believer in that guy. No one was on the hype train last year, and he was so solid. Um, I mean, he, he's something that I'm looking towards maybe considering as a keeper at this point, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, because you got him, what, sixth, seventh, eighth round, somewhere in that range? Yeah, super late for a starting running back on a, on a team that's run heavy. Are you kidding me? And I, I think it was because people were saying, well, Penny's going to jump him. Penny's going to jump him. And then it was like, I don't think he is. I mean, this is that was his second year in the league, Bob. That's his second year in the league. He's a young running back. Right, right. Uh, I mean, you just overlooked him, and now he's a hard-nosed runner that everyone's looking for who they give the ball on first and second down to. He's not a great third down back, but you know what? Who cares because he's going to get goal line carries and he gets tough yardage. He's got a chance to break long ones. So right. I, I, I'm, I'm up on the Seahawks offense, even though Doug Baldwin's on his way out. Uh, he was a great at great player in that offense, brought a lot to it, but um, I don't think they're necessarily going to miss a beat because they've got – Russell Wilson. They've got talent in the wide receiving core. They've got good running backs. I think all they really need is is a is a big tight end to kind of step up and kind of fill out that last offensive weapon role. Let's hope for Will Whistling Disley coming Whistling back. Whistling Disley. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Seahawks uh, players that you're thinking of being keepers, you know, going into the offseason, my keeper the whole time was Tyreek Hill, and now that's very uncertain. So I'm actually shifting to looking at Tyler Lockett, who would be a double digit round keeper in our league. <laughs> for me i mean he's to me he's like the perfect wide receiver three where you can get one of the elite guys early maybe double up and then you could sort of forget about the wide receiver knowing that okay i got tyler lockett as my third wide receiver i'd be pretty darn comfortable with that going into this year yeah and it's a situation where now i feel like he has an opportunity to kind of be the focal point of the offense they're going to run more plays for him and he's young too this is only going to be his fifth year in the league um so and let's see that's the point in which you probably are looking to get another contract so he needs to have a huge year to get a big big uh you know signing in terms of whether it's with the seahawks or um with another team you know in free agency so this is this is a big year for tyler lock a lot of incentive i have him in a dynasty league um and i was excited because you know my other are my other receivers are kenny galladay main guys are kenny galladay who's a young guy and then but mike evans too who's now going to be with bruce arians and now i've got tyler lockett there kind of slotted in as my number three who's now the number one wide receiver in my opinion in seattle lovely gotta love it bob yep gotta love it so yeah, it was just some news. Dan segued into it for us, but just wanted to cover the Seahawks, especially Doug Baldwin. Um, but at this point, Dan, you ready to go into some blind resumes and decide who you'd rather have? For sure. Yeah, so this is interesting because I'm normally the one giving this to you. I've not been on the opposite <laughs> end of this. So uh, once again, we'll go through the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We'll give two players stats alone. Uh, we will decide before we give the name who we'd rather take between the two. And then after that, try and guess the name, see where we're at, and then have some discussion afterwards. Once again, I'm going to give Dan AFC players. Dan's going to give me NFC. So, Dan, you ready for AFC quarterbacks? Why don't you let me go first since right. uh, you, you're, you're, gonna, you're the rook coming in. I was, I was just trying to put pressure on you. That's all. <laughs> you're the rook coming in. Yeah. Uh, so we'll do uh, NFC quarterbacks. All right. And I'll, I'll present you with the stats. Okay. And then you'll say who you prefer, and, and then you'll guess maybe who they are. And I also have uh, another one, a name, that stats that I can throw to you if you want to get a little bit weird with it. So Let's do it. Uh, so number one, we've got 3,885 yards passing. 22 touchdowns, eight interceptions, six fumbles. Rushing stats, 305 yards rushing, six touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, uh, for a total of 28 altogether with four rushing fumbles. That's player number one. Player number two, 3,223 yards passing with a total of 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, three fumbles. With a total rushing stats of 421 yards rushing, three rushing touchdowns for a total of 27 total touchdowns, and one rushing fumble. Who do you like? One or two, Bob? So the first guy sounded like he fumbled quite a bit there. You said three fumbles, correct? 
Uh, six, six actually. Fumbles. Six, fumbles. six, six. So six in terms of passing, which I would be strip sacks, things like that, and, and then four rushing fumbles for a total of ten. And you said six rushing touchdowns. Six rushing touchdowns with three hundred and five yards total for the season rushing. I'm in between two players, but um, I think I'm going to take the first player, and yeah. I think it's either one of two. It's either Dak Prescott or Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> wow, Bob. Uh, actually, you're completely correct. Uh, it is one of those players, and number two would be the other one. Uh-huh. You know what? <laughs> then I know Dak Prescott's the first because I know he scored six rushing touchdowns every single year. Yep. And, yep, okay. So um, the only yeah. reason I know that, Dan, is because I'm eyeballing Dak Prescott in this dynasty league, so I've been looking <laughs> at him intently recently. Yeah, yeah. Number one is, is Dak. Uh, and number number two is Mitchell Trubisky. These are two guys, two guys, uh, very very similar stats. Um, you know, Dak's got a couple more passing yards, roughly six hundred more passing yards, but Mitch with more, you know, passing touchdowns. Uh, Mitch with much more interceptions, four more, but less fumbles. Than yeah, Dak. I'm surprised how many fumbles actually for Dak Prescott. Yeah, that, that, it's, it is quite a bit. It's quite a bit. And then you had the 420 yards from Mitchell Trubisky, which, frankly, I thought was low because I recall us talking a great deal about his kind of – it was kind of surprising as to how well he was running the ball um, as the quarterback last season. Uh, yeah, it seemed like I mean, he was putting up 50 yards on the ground like during his entire hot streak where it was like five or six weeks where he was like the number one quarterback in fantasy. Right. Um, but, I mean, now that you know – uh, you picked number one, uh, and you went with who who the stats were for Dak. Right. Now that you see the names, uh, does that change your opinion at all? Boy, I love Trubisky going into this year, but yeah, I think I'd still stay with Dak. I just like what I saw from him when they acquired Amari Cooper. Right. Um, he has, to me, uh, I'll say it, the best running back in football. I've been on that train for a couple years now. Sure. Um, who has now been increasingly involved in the passing game. It sounds yep. like they want to keep Amari Cooper, and I like what I saw from those two. Um, if Randall Cobb can stay healthy, that could be another weapon for him. Uh, you never know what Jason Witten's going to give, and Michael Gallup is there just waiting in the wings as a third wide receiver. Right. They're probably going to be ranked like right next to each other, but I, I think at this point, even though I love Trubisky, I still would stay with Dak Prescott. What, who would you go with? Uh, I, I'll be honest. I, I'd probably go with Dak because I see that there's just bigger upside in terms of the skill position players surrounding him. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know. Allen Robinson, I think, maybe will be better this year than he was last year, but the running game in Chicago is, is kind of a question mark, frankly. I think that rookie probably has a chance to step in and be the first down, second down starter. Right. Um, but, you know, Tarek Cohen is going to be there. He's going to be in the mix. Um, you know, but they're, they're, it's a young team that has a chance to grow. Um, but I, I like Mitchell going forward. But I think next season I probably would go with Dak. Here, let me throw you a, a new stat line and see if it, if you would rather prefer this stat line over either of those two guys. Sure. 3,395 yards passing, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, no fumbles. 488 yards rushing, four touchdowns, two fumbles. You like those stats better than either of those. Yeah, those rushing. I like that he's not turning the ball over. I'm trying to think of right. who that would be. I don't think it is, but is that Jared Goff? No, actually, it's it's Cam Newton. Cam Oh, Newton. boy. Um, <laughs> if, if that arm's right, I'm taking him above either one of those two. Yeah, right? You see, that's one of those things where the stats are so similar. Uh, it's almost like right down the line. I mean, to me, there's a little bit – there's more yard – there's less yardage, more touchdowns. Similar interceptions to Trubisky, um, but not as many fumbles. And as you know, both Cam's, Cam's going to run the ball. I mean, that's right. not stopping his arm. Right. Just, he was to me. I I finally took a flyer on him. I've never owned him last year, and I was just riding that way. But as soon as that injury occurred, it was not. I, boy, um, if his arm's right, I take him every day. Two, two years ago, I drafted him, and he had a couple stinkers right in a row, and I said, I'm out. Uh, and then Steve picked him up and rode him to the championship. It, yeah, it was thanks, one of the, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Me. And it was one of those things where it was one of the worst moves. I, I don't know. I, 
I guess I guess just got frustrated with owning him at some point and it was like I'm out. Uh, and then he went on an, on a hot streak. And, and see, I think this that's exactly what you say is like the stats are okay, but then when you say the name, it changes your opinion right away. Exactly. Uh, and and I think I would I I agree. I would take Cam probably no i would i would take him over dak and, and trubisky although i probably like dak's wide receivers the best out of the three yeah um, me too yeah but but frankly i think the fact that you've got the x factor with christian mccaffrey and then you've got young receivers coming along with cam and uh i i think i probably would still go cam newton interesting good stuff i'm, I'm enjoying this i'm glad i at least showed something early on in this game since this is my yeah, first time right. doing it. yeah it's funny because uh, well you know and we'll get into this dynasty league um i actually made a trip we're in the 12th round and i drafted russell wilson a few rounds ago as my um keeper and or i'm sorry as my first quarterback and quarterbacks are starting to thin out a little bit um i and a guy offered me a trade and i knew he was eyeing matt ryan's and he did take him and i'm hoping Dak can fall to me and i think i'm taking him to pair with russell wilson so speak of yeah. the, speak of the players we've been talking about that's that's my yeah. goal so far so no kidding all right dan afc quarterbacks quarterback one in 11 games started he was 169 for 320 uh basically a 53 percent completion percentage 2074 passing yards 10 touchdowns 12 interceptions 89 rushes 631 yards and eight touchdowns oh my gosh that's a lot of rushing <laughs> quarterback number two seven games started 99 of 170 for a little over 58 percent completion 1201 passing yards six touchdowns three interceptions 147 rushes for 695 yards and five touchdowns dan based on those stat lines who are you taking oh i mean neither of them are stellar passers which leads me to believe of of who they are i think i have an idea who we're talking about um and can you just give me the rushing stats on the on, on numero uno again, if you would? Eighty nine rushes, six hundred and thirty one yards, eight rushing touchdowns. Okay, um, I have a sneaking suspicion that that's Josh Allen. Ding ding and, ding! And uh, just because uh, I probably would, I probably would say. Uh, I'm gonna say, oh gosh! So I, I have an I have an idea of who no, is number two, Lamar Jackson. Right on the money, Dan. <laughs> so th- the reason we I, know these stats too well. Bob. Yeah. Well, the reason I brought these up is because going into this year, these are two sneaky that if you look on a lot of expert sites. Yeah, they are totally comfortable taking these guys and waiting on quarterbacks. Sure. Now, which one? Now that you know the names attached to him, would you prefer? Uh, Lamar Jackson. Ooh, um, okay. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I, I just I I know I think that Lamar Jackson has the arm and the ability to have a passing, you know, have decent passing stats. And I like the the draft, and I like the receivers. Uh, although they're they're a little thin now, but uh, just a little bit more than the ones in Buffalo. It's almost like the ones from Baltimore went to Buffalo, and now it's it's that's who the receivers <laughs> are up there. Um, but I think the upside with Lamar Jackson is higher than Josh Allen. I, I just like the the Ravens team more than the Bills. Um, although Josh Allen was a nice surprise, and it was somebody who you and I grabbed in Dynasty off the waivers too, oh, which was off the waiver wire, right? <laughs> So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but, you know, now he, I feel like he's got the best, a better, much better receiving core than he had last year. Uh, but still, I, I probably would take Lamar Jackson. I, I like the upside a lot more. Uh, and I think they're going to be able to tailor an offense that's going to work to his advantage. The other thing is, is that, you know, even when he drops back and he doesn't want to pass, they have to become two. They have to become a dual a dual threat team. They have to be able to establish a passing game, or they're not going to win. And you saw that in the playoff game against the Patriots. Um, so I, I think that's something that he's working on. They've given him tools. They're giving him receivers. Um, just give me the Lamar, give me Lamar Jackson. Although uh, in, in terms, of if I'm in a ten team league, um, I think there are better options out there. But I wouldn't mind drafting him late and just kind of having him sit there and see kind of how it shakes out. 
Yeah, and I actually like Josh Allen. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't think he would run like this, and if this even is anywhere close to this with an upgrade in weapons, um, yeah, I just I, I just like what I saw. I mean, he his obviously passing was a little sporadic, but I, I think it was based on the weapons that he had too. But let me just give you some bonus stats, Dan, to sort of give you an idea of how good both of them were down the stretch. So based on fantasy pros from week 12 to 16, Josh Allen was the second best quarterback scoring 104.8 points averaging 21 points per game he was ahead of everyone but deshaun watson wow and he's currently being drafted as the 19th quarterback on fantasy pros now lamar jackson in that same time frame was the 10th best quarterback scoring 88 and a half points averaging a little under 18 which was better than luck cousins and brady so both of them showed that they could turn it on and be number one quarterback so um just uh, you know the sneaky options if you want to wait very long for quarterbacks i guess my only question to you bob is do you think that with the improved receiving core of the buffalo bills i think you and i would agree that this is is an improvement over what they had last year um do you think he's going to need to run that much? Like, do you think those rushing numbers are going to take a bit of a hit? Because, you know, maybe you'll make it up in terms of, you know, the passing numbers are going to get better. But that's my only question is, is with the improvement in the receiving, uh, I don't know if the upside of the rushing is going to stay there. Uh, to that level, I don't think it's going to be there. But right. anything close to it, I'd be so excited about that, you know. but For sure. I didn't expect it to begin with, so it really caught me off guard, honestly. So yeah, no kidding. So Dan, do you want? Uh, why don't you go ahead and do your running backs? We'll just keep alternating. Sounds good. Uh, same thing, Bob. I'll give you two, and I actually I'll, I'll pick one that you'll probably know. But I just like I like the I like the, the stats, and then you say, okay, I, I just would rather have that. Um, number one is. Uh, NFC running back with 1,307 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns, 91 receptions with 721 yards receiving with four receiving touchdowns. That was number one. Number two, 883 yards rushing, 14 touchdowns. Wow. 81 receptions or 709 yards worth four touchdowns so you've got three more touchdowns with number two uh but you've got significantly more yardage with number one um and also a couple more receptions but the yards are similar and the touchdowns receiving are similar uh who do you say bob who do you like so i like number one just based off of the vast difference in Yards, the touchdowns, while different, uh, fourteen touchdowns still. I just like the five, almost five hundred plus more yards on the ground there. Um, I would choose one now, boy. Who would these be? Um, I'm trying to sift through each division here in my head. <laughs> I know it's not the top dogs like McCaffrey, Kamara. I know it's not those guys. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to. Well, I'm actually thinking about Kamara because he's had 30 touchdowns. So I think one's actually Kamara now that I think about it. Two, 883, and 14 touchdowns. Hmm. I'm trying to see what. It's not that. It's not that. I know it's wrong, but that's not Todd Gurley. No, 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 no. Actually, uh, number one would be um, rookie heartthrob Sanquan Barkley. Yeah, I, I was trying to think him, but I, I couldn't. Okay, good. So who was number two? Uh, who you thought number one was. It was Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I was trying to think because I think he scored, he's averaging what did I say, like 16 or 15 touchdowns a year in his two years? Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, boy, now that you say that, I still take Kamara. Well, still I, take I said, well, I said Saquon, who was number one, correct? Yep, yep, yep. I switch. I would take Kamara. I just yep. I just think he's in a total blow-up spot. Not that Saquon won't be, and he has every looks of being a number one type of uh, – 
fantasy player for years to come. I just think Kamara is going to explode this year without Ingram there. And that's kind of why I wanted to do these two guys. You, you've got somebody who came into the league, and uh, I will repeatedly admit this. I was a San Juan Barkley doubter. I said, there's no way this guy as a rookie warrants getting drafted in the first round. I was wrong, 100% wrong. He showed that um, lead dog, pretty much the main weapon. Um, but now his best receiver is gone. <laughs> There's not really a passing game there. Right. And I'll tell you, Bob, in terms of what happened in the draft um, with their drafting of that guy out of Duke, Mr. Jones, I, I don't feel like they've improved their quarterback very much. Right. But, you know, but we, we, we'll we see. We'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, he's going to be the only weapon there. Right. And you saw that that uh now kamara is going to be main dog there's not anyone there who's going to be taking carries from him ingram's gone ingram's in baltimore um so now we're really going to see what happens when you open it up with kamara getting um i think he's he could get touches to the level of one of the guys that you and i are are, you know enormous fan of uh i mean it could approach the levels of uh, of, of another player you and I are, are big fans of. So um, I, I don't know. That's I was like, so now you're going to see Bark. Now Kamara has a chance to be in a Barkley-type situation. And, right? and Kamara was, when uh, Ingram wasn't there, was running away with the number one overall player in fantasy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you get a full season of it. And he's back in the player pool. So, so are you uh, taking for a Kamara? league of record. Uh, yeah, I, you give me Kamara. Uh, I think the rushing yards, uh, while they maybe weren't there last year, uh, they'll be there in the future. And uh, give me the give me the fourteen touchdowns. I would take Kamara. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, if if I had done it blind at the stats, I like I like the Barkley stats more. Yep. Now let me give you let me give you another round here, Bob. All right. One thousand ninety eight yards rushing. Seven touchdowns, two fumbles, 107 receptions, six touchdowns, two fumbles. You like those stats better than any of those other ones? Is, is that Christian McCaffrey? It is. Yeah. It is. And that's and those are the that is what I expect to see honestly out of Kamara this season. Because now, and that's why I was like, I think now he's in a, a he's in a McCaffrey type position where he's going to be a legit just focal point of the offense. I mean, I think those are the numbers you can see coming from Kamara. I uh, and you know Christian McCaffrey was the only guy who got the white whale for us last year, which was the hundred hundred game, uh, and I think Kamara has plenty of those in him, uh, and I think he can do that as well. So I expect Kamara to hit McCaffrey stats next season. Yeah, uh, I just love Kamara. I know I can't get him on my team, but boy, I would love to have him. That's for sure. So, so in your dynasty draft, Bob, because Kamara is a relatively young running back. Uh, where did he go in terms of that dynasty draft? First round, top five pick, or where? he was he was the fifth overall pick. Yeah, it was Saquon, Zeke, Christian McCaffrey, Hopkins, and then Kamara. Wow. Yep. So interesting to see Hopkins slide in that top spot and. Uh, in that dynasty draft that's that's pretty interesting yep so yeah so yeah i think give me kamara but i take christian mccaffrey over all of them honestly so yeah i mean i just love what i saw and i just see it happening all over again this year so all right dan here's my two players number one nine games started 192 rushes for 996 yards and eight touchdowns 20 receptions for 149 yards and two touchdowns Number two, in 10 games started, 195 rushes for 908 yards and nine touchdowns, 17 receptions for 103 yards and one touchdown. Can you I give mean, me number one again? 192 for 996 and eight on the ground, 20 for 149 and two through the air. I, I just, I like the number one stats more. Um, I think you're getting more of a dual threat out of number one then you're out of number two and i think it's pretty clear from the way you and i talk we like the dual threat running backs where you're getting points through the air and on the ground so i i would pick number one i would pick number one okay want to guess who they are i'll be honest with you i have no i i is number i want to say maybe number two is sony michelle 
No, that is not Sony Michelle. And he's not either one of those two. I Blast. actually thought about putting him in there, but he's not one of the two. <laughs> Blast. Oh, boy. I'll give you a hint. Mm. AFC North, AFC South. Those are your two hints right there. Uh, is one Nick Chubb? Right. And then the other with Derrick Henry? No, it would be Marlon Mack, which Marlon I was I was surprised. Those two pretty much started the same amount of games and had yeah. darn near identical stats. Yeah, that that is – man, that's interesting. Um, I would assume you'd still take Chubb well ahead of uh, – Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I think you're, you are just hitting a um, – I think you're starting to hit a, hit a Nick Chubb um, kind of money moment. I mean, he's on a team that's going to be – I mean, there's a lot of hype around them, but – I think he's going to be surrounded by so much talent. My only concern about Nick Chubb is where does Kareem Hunt come into this? Because let's be honest, Kareem Hunt wasn't a slouch while he was in Kansas City. Uh, Kareem Hunt was uh, was a uh, player that people were keeping uh, in in leagues routinely. I mean, he was a a great running back. Now he's going to be out those six games, so he's going to be coming in. He's going to be slotted as probably the number two behind Nick Chubb. but I, I think when you let's just take for example a team like uh, New Orleans, you've got two top tier running backs. You had Kamara and Mark Ingram, uh, both of them fantasy viable fantasy options. Um, I think you could probably get that in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and but then you've got Duke Johnson on the outside looking in. Yeah, Marlon Mack is interesting to me, I, I, and and now that you put those stats out there, it's going to be somebody who's going to be think I'm going to be thinking about. He's going to be on my radar a little bit more than he was. Uh, plus, I like that offense now. I think they're going to be better than they were last year, and Andrew Luck is back to 100. percent So, that Marlon Mack, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, Marlon Mack was somebody I was like totally asleep on last year, but the more I keep researching on this guy, I think he's a guy I'm targeting this year. Right. Yeah. Now, I think you'll be able to get him at a bargain because obviously not very memorable. <laughs> yeah, and, and I honestly think if I'm drafting in the mid to late fourth and he's on there, I'm taking him without even thinking twice about it. So right. right. So yeah, Dan, just some follow up stats on these two. Um, Nick Chubb, once again referencing fantasy pros from weeks ten to sixteen. So I pretty much gave stats for when these two t- really took over. Right. From ten to sixteen. Nick Chubb was the sixth best best running back, scoring 114.2 points, averaging 19 points per game in half-point PPR leagues. He's currently being drafted as the 11th running back, 18th overall in half-point PPR leagues. And Marlon Mack, same weeks, 17th best running back, 79.6 points, averaging 11.4. So a vast difference in that time frame. But when you jump to the fantasy playoffs, weeks 14 through 16, he was the 11th best running back, finishing four spots ahead of Chubb in that same time. He's being drafted as the 13th running back, 28th overall. So, um, you know, when you say the names, I think everybody's going to jump to Nick Chubb. But I just wanted to put Mac in there as a, hey, don't sleep on this guy like I did last year because he could be in a prime spot. They did not. Spencer Ware does not scare me at all. Naheem Hines will catch balls, but it sounds like he could be a somewhat workhorse in a very dynamic offense. So, Yeah, I, I, it's, I'm glad you brought it up because I'll be honest with you. Marlon Mack is somebody who I think a lot of people forget about. Um, I mean, because I, 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 I would have never guessed that. I would have never in a million years guessed that. Right. Um and he, he came in and had nice games last season, and I think he's going to be – he'll be the full-time starter. I agree. None of those other guys really worry me in terms of taking the load off of um, Marlon Mack. Yeah, and in money time, he he blew up. So For sure. Uh, all right, Dan, give me some wide receivers. To t- I'm going to type down their stats so that way I don't have to re-ask the question. Who? who, who? <laughs> all right, so I'm ready for uh, you. Number one is 64 receptions for 821 yards with 10 touchdowns. He also gave you 27 yards rushing total over the season. I already know who that is, but go ahead. Number two is 57 receptions for 965 yards, 10 touchdowns, and a 69-yard rushing total for the season. So it's Calvin Ridley and Tyler Lockett. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're absolutely correct, Bob. Yep, because you know why I remember that, Dan? I think like right after the season ended, I we'd put something on Twitter. 
And it was blind resumes on all three of those guys and said, yeah, what do you think of, because it was him, Ridley Lockett and Mike Williams all scoring 10 touchdowns. I think they were top six overall in the league. Right. So yeah, as soon as you said 10, I was like, well, I know one. I was waiting to see if the other one would be 10 touchdowns as well. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well done, sir. Uh, Uh, Tyler Lockett for me, especially after the news that just came out. Yeah, and it kind of was one of the things where I was thinking, well, you get a little bit more receptions with Calvin Ridley, not as many yards, but equal amount of touchdowns. So he's getting maybe more targets and things like that than you're getting with player number two. But I would agree with you. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Julio is um, top top dog there, number one. Calvin Ridley's not going to overtake Julio, um, barring injury. Uh, and Although I really do like Ridley this year too. I mean, I do too. I do too. I think there's room for two receivers in that offense. If you think back to when Julio was there, uh, there was another top flight receiver already there. Um, what, who was his name? What was his name, Bob? Uh, and uh, who you're talking about, Roddy White? Yeah, Roddy White. That's right. Roddy so, Chowdy. Yeah, and Tony Gonzalez. So you've you've got enough of a uh, offense there to kind of support two, you know, top tier or at least a tier one and a tier two top, a top tier two wide receiver in, in fantasy as, as well as a tight end. Really, I mean, yeah, he, he supported three end. players. And now you've got, uh, you know, Tyler Lockett, who's, I think, going to be able to step into that number one unless Metcalf uh, somehow jumps him. Um, so I would agree. Uh, I, I would take Tyler Lockett. But here's I mean, Julio has been very been healthy, doesn't really miss much time or games. But can you imagine if, if for some reason, somehow, some way, and I, and I really hope it doesn't happen, Julio, for some reason, has to miss some time. I think Calvin Ridley steps right into blow that number spot. one role and, and can blow up. Absolutely. Yeah. Great stat. Yeah. Sorry I jumped on it so quick, but as soon as you said 10, I remembered the stat we put out. So... So I, I, I got – those were like kind of like my mid-tier, and I did some studs, but I, I have a feeling you'll know who they are because we talk about them a lot. Give me the studs because – oh, it was Devontae Adams and – well, I'll give you. I'll give you the other one. Yeah, uh, 125 receptions, 1,405 yards receiving, nine touchdowns. That's Julio. No, it's not. It's Michael Thomas. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, you get you. Devonte Adams' numbers was 111 receptions, 1,386 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Uh, so I, I think if it you know you get more yards, more receptions, more yards with Michael Thomas, but less touchdowns. Uh, I, I probably who would you take there? I, Devont, I probably would Devontae get Devonte Adams. Adams. Give me right. give me Aaron Rodgers number one. All day, every day, twice Michael on Thomas Sundays. Had, you know, blew up last year, but there's another receiver on that New Orleans team that you and I both like a lot, Traquan Smith, who I think has the potential where, you know, Calvin Ridley and things like that. You know, if for some reason Michael Thomas has to miss time, Traquan Smith, I think, could have a potential blow-up season there too. Yeah, and I can say one thing. I loved having both of those guys on my fantasy squad at the same time. Yeah, that's, uh, that's it was, insane. I can't believe you had actually have that. Uh, and Tyreek Hill, you jerk. Yeah. So, all right, Dan, let me give you my wide receivers for the AFC. Receiver one. 14. Wait, can I before you get? Is it? Is it? It was they in the AFC at the time. Or They're both they still in the AFC. In They're, okay, all right. They were and still are. Okay. Yeah, is trust me. That I, guy, I, I, there's I, that guy out there. I almost threw him in there, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to throw the confusion in there. So, um, number one, 14 games started, 136 targets, 97 receptions, 1,196 yards, six touchdowns. Player number two, 14 games started, 120 targets, 76 receptions, more yards, 1,270 yards, same touchdowns, six touchdowns. So you got 97 for basically 1,206 on one. You got 76, almost 1,306 on the other one. I, I think I, I would go number two. Uh, I like the yards more. I think you'll get more points. The touchdowns are similar, so I'll go with the higher higher yardage. So number two, want to guess on who those guys are? Is one of them Tyler Boyd? No, and it's so funny. I almost Stop. did, but I, I I didn't think his um 
when I, I, I was going to do Tyler Boyd and somebody else. I was like, the, the AFC ones were tough because there was like yeah. one or two really high up there. And then it was all NFC people I was looking at. So Tyler Boyd is not one of them, although I was considering him. Ninety-seven for twelve hundred and six. Seventy-six for twelve seventy and six. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you is some. There, is there a, is there a T Y Hilton in there? You pick T Y Hilton. So yes, you are correct. Yep. So T Y Hilton's number two, and then uh, used to be considered injury prone. Plays out west. Oh, Keenan Allen. Yep. Right yep. on. <laughs> so does that cha- does, does that change your mind at all? No, it doesn't. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I like – I'm Keenan Allen, I think, last year had his probably his best season in a long time. And uh, not to say that it, it, he can't kind of re – kind of bring that back and do it again, repeat that. Um, but uh, I just like – I like T.Y. Hilton more than Keenan Allen. I think if I had, if I'm sitting there drafting and both those guys on the board, I'm probably going T.Y. Hilton. Um, I think he's the clear number one, and there's not really any other receivers on that team. Um, and when we did our deep dive into the divisions, it, one of the things that we both said that the Colts need to do, needed to address was get a number two receiver. Right. Uh, I think that the Chargers did that. I think Mike Williams, like we said, had a nice year last year. So, and now you've got Hunter Henry coming back. And now you've got Melvin Gordon, who does, he was a great dual threat back. I mean, I like Phillip Rivers, but also at the same time, I like Andrew Luck more. Andrew Luck. Eased all of my concerns last year watching him play. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's just one of those things where I, it, personal opinion, stats obviously very similar. I, I just would rather have TY uh, going into a, a season fresh than Keenan Allen. Yeah, I, I think I agree, actually. Um, although TY can, I don't really think any, either of these two could jump into that top five, but Mm-mm. if I'm going to bet on it, I would bet on TY. With a healthy Andrew Luck, uh, I right. just will. So, yep. Dan, some stats, uh, some follow-up stats. Uh, once again, from Fantasy Pros, week one, basically your fantasy season. Keenan Allen was the 11th best in half-point PPR, averaging 14.5 points per game, scoring 203 points. He's currently being drafted as the 11th wide receiver, 26 overall. Once again, I'm giving half-point PPR. T.Y. Hilton for the fantasy season was the 13th best, scoring... 193.9 and he's currently being drafted as the 10th 25th overall so they're going back to back so people are going to have to make this decision based on where they're being drafted so yeah it's ugh. i mean that's a tough one i mean those are two very uh very similar players with with better with better than average quarterbacks so um but still give me ty yep give me ty i agree and dan let's close it up with your favorite position my favorite position give me some and wasteland there it is i was gonna ask for it so you beat me too but go ahead and give me some tight end stats and if either one of us get any of these right i'll be ecstatic for both of us okay so player number one is 68 receptions. Well, let me preface. No, we're, you know what? I'm not going to preface it. We're just going to do the stats. And then if you don't pick it, I'll give you some interesting clues. Okay, cool. So we'll just go right off the stats. Player number one, 68 receptions, 896 yards with six touchdowns. Okay. okay. Player number two, 71 receptions, 660 yards, four touchdowns. Player number two is Austin Hooper. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, read me one again. 68 receptions, 896 yards, and six touchdowns. And I'll give you a clue. He is new to the NFC. He's Jared Cook. He is Jared Cook. I would, take, I would take Jared Cook, even though Hooper's younger. If I just need it for a redraft league, I'm going to bank that Drew Brees utilizes him like Oakland did last year. And I'll be honest with you that just as we were recording, I was checking out the uh, roto wire and the tight ends coach from the saints said, uh, we're dusting off some of those old Jimmy Graham plays. And we're going to be running those things for Jerry cook. Um, 
so here's the ch- I mean here's what you kind of were we were talking about this you know when we're doing deep dives uh, you know this, this is a different team when they have a top tier right. tight end right now they've got a top tier tight end who can catch uh, touchdowns I mean he was the best part of the Oakland offense last season in my opinion by far uh, he was somebody who I had Gronk and Jared Cook and I was flexing usually one of those guys just because of the potential and I, I couldn't afford to sit Jerry Cook so I mean he was the focal point of the offense right um, I think Austin Hooper is just one of those middle of the road tight ends I think there's a lot of there's a lot of mouths to feed in Atlanta um, and but, he was good ranking wise on a down tight end year really yeah absolutely but I mean here these are two guys and I think Jared Cook has a chance to be probably one of those top 10 tight ends uh, like he was last year but when you look at the two kind of elite tight end options in the NFC and by the way the NFC is stacked in terms of fantasy t- right. <laughs> talent I mean but Zach Ertz 116 receptions <laughs> 1,163 yards and eight touchdowns. George Kittle, 88 receptions, 1,377 yards and five touchdowns. So those are those elite tight ends. I think you probably would have got those. Um, so I, I, I went a little bit middle of the road and maybe someone who's going to make have a chance to jump um, up rank, rankings uh, or two here. Um, but... I mean, those numbers are crazy out of the tight end position. Yeah, right. And, I mean, uh, Zach Ertz, I think you you can probably start treating kind of like him and Kelsey. I think you can kind of start treating like Gronk-type players. Taking them early in drafts, not necessarily a horrible move because it's one of those positions where you can set it and forget it. You don't have to worry about tight end for an entire season, barring injury and things like that. Yeah, I normally wait on tight ends, but if I decide to take Tyler Lockett as my keeper in the double digit rounds this year i may seriously eye one of those tight ends for sure because i get so sick and tired of trying to guess and like so i picked up eric ebron last year was loving life after he was dropped but then he had like that zero point game zero reception something like that i dropped him thinking jack doyle's gonna come back i picked him back up doyle gets injured i lose ebron and i'm playing david and (laughs) joku it's like yeah who we both liked going into next last season but uh, man, just did not live up to the hype. Did not live up to the hype. Exactly. And now there's so, many, so many more mouths to feed in Cleveland. Yeah. All right, Dan, are you ready for the tight end wasteland from the AFC? Yes, I suppose. <laughs> tight end number one, 14 games started, 72 targets, 50 receptions, 610 yards, four touchdowns. Tight end number two, 14 games started, 88 targets, 56 receptions, 639 yards, four touchdowns. So these guys, six receptions difference, 29 yards difference, same touchdown total. Uh, They both play in the same division. Okay. Um... Is one fancy fancy pants fans? Which one is he though? Number one. Yeah, right on. So you got Vance, right? Yep. And number two is David and Joe. Right. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's a tough one because the stats are so similar, Uh, but the teams are so different. Uh, Based off stats, I I think I I probably would just take number one, Um, but. And I'll be honest with you, I probably would take Vance too, even after knowing the names. Uh, I 100% would take Vance over David Njoku. I think there are more, there's more opportunity for growth in terms of fantasy numbers for Vance McDonald than there is for David Njoku. Uh, And now that you've got Antonio Brown gone, and I think you and I have seen kind of what Vance can do when he, you know, stiff arm that person straight to hell. (laughs) Yeah, by God. By God, by God. Yeah, it's one of those things where I I think you could have games like that. And uh, now Jesse James is gone. It's pretty much the Vance McDonald show. Uh, And I hope they try to use him more uh, this season because, you know, we have him in the Dynasty League. But I'm going to Vance McDonald and uh, I'm hoping for a breakout, almost a a bigger breakout season this year. Yeah. And I mean, he plays 14 games. He's having a bigger stat line 
I mean, for health sure. has always been iffy with him. Yeah. But if he stays healthy, he. I mean, he he could in theory become the number two behind Juju in that offense passing for, sure. for uh, sure. Almost like Heath Miller was, you know, back in the day as well. So yep. I just like him a lot better. David and Joku soured me in the playoffs when he had the best schedule by far of tight ends. Yeah. And was like three for thirty three every every week. Yeah. It's like come yeah. on. But here's some ancillary stats from weeks one to sixteen well fantasy season for Vance. He was the twelfth best tight end, scoring hundred and two point six points, averaging seven point three and half point PPR. David Njoku in that time was ninth best, 108, averaging 7.7, so nothing really uh, differentiating those two. Um, and he, here's where even more of the value is. Vance is being drafted currently by uh, based on Fantasy Pro's half point PPR as the 14th tight end off the board, 124th wow. overall. Njoku's the 8th, going 77th overall, so give me the round value. I'll wait till the 14th or 14th tight end to pick Vance McDonald 124th overall and not reach for 77th overall for Njoku. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's that's like big time return and draft value right there. I think. Yep, that's what we call in the not takes land a Greg value. Greg value. <laughs> so Dan, I thought this was good, and we I thought we did much better than expected. Honestly, so I'm, <laughs> I'm pleased with ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, well, you were spot on. I think maybe it helped that I uh, was picking people you were extensively researching already, Bob. Yeah, we're sort of <laughs> in the position at the draft where I like have to think about second tight ends and stuff. So I've For been sure. looking at those types of players. So it just happened yeah. to be the research caught up to me this uh, this week. But I'm glad it did. So I, I sound like I know what I'm talking about, which helps a little bit. So yeah, I might right. not, but at least I sound like it. So No, it looked it, you did fantastic. I was very impressed. All right, Dan. So we'll definitely be doing this again. I think when it gets closer to the season, when people are really drafting, I think this might be another one to really go back and and, and touch base on because I think it's fun because then now you're really drafting. So who are you really going to take? So I think we'll revisit this in a few months as well. And I think an interesting stat where we can kind of start throwing in is average draft position exactly. in terms of you see these stats from last year, and this is where the average draft position is in these upcoming drafts. Now you got the rookies in the mix and things like that. Are you looking at that as a value pick or are you looking at that because you want those numbers there? I think average draft position would be a nice little kind of uh, – wrench to throw in the gears to make you maybe second guess or your instincts are uh, telling you off the bat exactly so this was a fun episode i'm glad we did that as our return show uh since uh, you were away for uh, the last week so i think this was a fun way to get back into the swing of things here so so yeah we'll get together next week dan and i'll toss back ideas i know we're going to start getting into dynasty we might get into best ball we'll, we'll toss around some ideas and figure out what we want to talk about next week but dan let's go ahead and close up the show so as always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. Uh, we love interacting, especially Twitter. We've been getting a lot of great interaction. I try to post polls up there uh, on the feed and uh, get conversation going that way. So make sure to follow us there if you're not. Feel free to email us, NotTakesFF at gmail.com. I expect to hopefully get uh, more email questions as we get into the regular season. So we're going to start pushing that a little bit heavier. Um, follow our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash not takes FF, A N C H O R dot FM forward slash not takes FF. Listen to the podcast there. You can follow us there. Best part about that site, you get the links to the 12 platforms that we're on. So if you like Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, uh, we're trying to get on iHeart, haven't heard back from them, but Stitcher, Podbean, things of that nature, uh, you'll get links directly to there. And then you can subscribe. Uh, For any people that listen on Apple Podcasts, take 30 seconds out of your day. Give us a rating and review. Five-star rating really helps the podcast out. If you like what we're doing, we'd love to hear the feedback. But anywhere you listen to us, make sure to subscribe so you get the podcast as we drop it. When we get to the regular season, we go to three a week. So we really try to help out, especially in that crunch time uh, as we get ready for the draft and then into the season. But Dan, why don't you go ahead and throw a shout out to your brother. Yeah, it's the song that has been bringing us into every episode and taking us out of every episode. It's a song called Alma, and it's uh, written, produced, and kind of uh, completed completely by my brother, Tom. And uh, if you'd like that song, uh, check him out on SoundCloud. He's That Dude Tom. And shout out to him. And actually, 
Uh, now on Spotify, they have an album out um, where he and the rest of these guys who get together and just kind of make music for each other over the internet. Uh, you know, you have your not necessarily all playing instruments in the same room. You, you play the music, you send it off. People put lyrics to it, add drums, stuff like that. And it's like a collaborative effort. Uh, now they have an album out. And uh, actually, Alma is the uh, name of the song on the album. So awesome. uh, ch- check that out, too, and uh, if you have a chance. And uh, a lot of other good stuff on there as well. So big shout out to my brother. And if you like that song, check out the, the one with lyrics um, when you get the chance to. Awesome. Sounds good. I'll have to check that out. So, um, Dan, it's good to get the episode back up and running with the both of us. But enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I'll talk to you later.